Fred Film Radio from Cannes Film Festival, France. Fred Film Radio, I'm Federica Scarpa from the Cannes Film Festival and today I'm in company of Molly Manning Walker, director of How to Have Sex in the Uncertain Regard section. During the Q&A, you say that you'd like that this film would start a conversation. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, um, you know, I think we hope to start a conversation about female pleasure and about better sex for women. Like, um, so yeah, we, ho- we hope to, what's become really apparent in the research of it is that like a lot of women don't experience good sex so much later in life because there is a la- lack of talk of female pleasure and what se- good sex should be for women. And so I think the education around that for women and for men is really important because there's so much shame around it. And uh, so often men look to porn or, you know, to other um, to places where then it becomes problematic that they think that that's how, you, how, how it should be done. It's very easy for adults to fall into the trap of judging younger generations. But in your film, there is a complete suspension of judgment. How did you manage this while still remaining so close to your protagonists? Yeah, it was really important to me that no one's judging the film, you know, especially not not um, the girls for drinking and partying and uh, wearing whatever they want, because often that comes up, you know. And, and for me, that's really, really important that we're allowed to do whatever we want. We're allowed to go out and get drunk and we're allowed to wear what we want. And it still shouldn't be you know that shouldn't be commented on um and for the men it was really important for me that men recognize themselves in in these characters and uh and i think that in order to push this conversation forward and in order to continue to progress we need to be able to because every single woman's experienced assault then we need to not judge men because we need to talk about that you know and that means that most men have been in this situation um and so Yeah, we need to allow there to be change and then so then we need to talk about it with an open mind. Where did this story come from? Have film, books or real life inspired you? It was based a lot on, on reality. We, we did a three-week uh, scout in, uh, in Malia where I lived on the Strip and uh, like videoed a lot of the situation, like getting woke up in the middle of the night with someone banging on the door like, isn't this my room? And like, no, leave me alone. <laughs> Or like uh, kids jumping around with their phone torches on and stuff like this. So like a lot of the references came from being in the situation and 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 uh, really trying to understand it. Um, the film inspirations were like American Honey and like films where we were really trying to track someone's face and emotion and the chaotic kids' energy. How much this involved in collaborations making the characters? Because they are so vivid, you feel so relatable to them. We really built the backstories of the characters together. We, um, uh, we designed a process in rehearsal where we, 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 we built the backstories. You know, we actually wrote them out together and we, we said, like, okay, this is where you work and this is where your mom's from and this is how... And, um, And we tried to give them as much information as possible that when we improvised, they were like loaded with uh, ammunition yeah. to, 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 but, but, and then on the day we did a lot of improvisation. We started with the script and then we sort of like free ran it. Um, and then often sometimes went back to the script. Um, and then well, we had a really lovely amount of time to shoot the film. Um, and so like sometimes we would just say like, let's just try an experiment completely like we've been doing the scene like this, but let's just do it completely the opposite. Can you give me an example of uh, something that 
ended up in the film. We were doing a scene and it wasn't really uh, it wasn't really working. It was a bit awkward. And then uh, we said, okay, let's give Badger a joke to make this scene, this scene feel like yeah. sweeter. You know, when he's rolling the spliff at the, yeah. at the end. Um, and then we and we shot this quite early, um, and so we decided that Badger was a joke teller from this moment. And so then we wrote that into, uh, you know, all of the scenes yeah. with him kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the matter, Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the last scene that we shot of the entire film was um, him passed out on the toilet and uh, Mia, telling, Mia telling him jokes. And this became kind of like a, their thing, you know, but it all happened on the, on the set. It's interesting because I think there is a, a total shift that happens in the middle of the film. How did you go about achieving that? You change things in the script? Yeah, so for me, the, um, there's two parts of the film. There's like the beginning and the end, and it was always like uh, that the underbelly becomes revealed like halfway yeah. through the film. Um, so there was a darkness to... Uh, so yeah everything that in design like the way we shot it the production design the costume starts to fall apart as you go later into the film so this was very intentional but then with the characters you know like it was um they kind of stay true to themselves but the, the, maybe tara is the only one that really starts to you see the difference between the beginning and the I would like to talk about the beach scene and the assault you filmed in a very respectful way, which doesn't often happen in films. Can you tell me more about this? It was really important to me that we, firstly, as uh, I think that that assault can be very traumatizing, you know, and when we, what we do, especially uh, we, we don't need to watch them again and again in a really super violent way, we understand what's going on. And, and for me it was about Atara's emotion more than it was about the act itself um, and I think uh, this is something that yeah that, that was yeah it was really important to me that we it doesn't it doesn't need to be re-traumatizing it needs to tell the information almost I knew that it was always meant to be on her face you know like you could tell so much without without it being super graphic or like uh, seeing the whole thing and And also, like, it's not about him. This is your first feature film. What's the most important lesson you learned from this experience? Mm, I think the, the most important thing was, like, just focus on what, what you're capturing, like, what's in the frame, and don't worry about anything else, because there was a lot of stuff happening around the, the edges, but, you, like, as long as you're getting it on screen, you're good. What do you think we need to do as a society to change the situation regarding sexual violence? I think the more we can talk openly about assault and consent and uh, pleasure and good sex, you know, and what good sex looks like, then the more people don't have to, like, look to porn or, like, look to other um, ways of trying to figure out. Because I think the men are, or, like, I think they're as lost as we are. And we've been talking with Molly Manning-Walker, director of How to Have Sex, here at the Confer Festival in the Answer and Regard section. I am Federica Scarpa, and this is Fred, the Festival Insider. Fred, 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 24-7 on Fred FM and smartphone app.